welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher. Tonight, I'm welcoming Tui Snyder. She is an all-around cemetery uh, aficionado. She's written several books about the subject of cemeteries, their art, the symbolism in in their art, the history of the art. She also does interesting haunted history or forgotten history, usually surrounding uh, the state of Texas. Welcome, Tui. I am excited to hear from you because I am a big fan of cemeteries, too. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the show, and I'm just thrilled to be on it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I really... Okay, so I grew up like going to cemeteries. And the first one that I remember going to is the one where my dad's sister was buried and uh, my great grandparents and some uh, great uncles were, were buried there. And it's, it's a cemetery. It's the biggest cemetery in Charleston, West Virginia. It's on top of a hill that overlooks the city. So it's really, really beautiful. Um, and it's really a very peaceful place. And uh, we went up to tend the graves and, you know, being a really little kid, I couldn't read the, the headstones yet. But I would wander around and look at some of the smaller statues. And there was one statue of a cherub that was sitting on the edge of a tombstone with his little feet crossed, hanging over, and his toes kind of, I mean, it was really well done. But it looked like he was looking at his toes and wiggling his toes. And I used to sit there and talk to him. So I love the idea of someone explaining all of the symbolism because that 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 uh, cemetery was high Victorian era. So it has a lot of the symbols in it. And I would ask my, my mom, and she had no idea. So I'm really excited to hear about all of these beautiful traditions. Oh, the Victorian era cemeteries. That's really like the golden age of cemetery symbolism the symbolism is is nice too it's not as dire as it was a little earlier like if you go back to the 1700s and earlier once the the victorians came along they were really kind of streamlining the idea of death they were equating it with sleep they were making really flowery epitaphs they just a much gentler softer approach to the whole thing uh there's a whole uh, progression from skulls and sc- skull and crossbones on headstones, and then you get to you know, w- which oftentimes are accompanied with the phrase "memento mori," and you see that more in in well, you might see that on the eastern seaboard. I don't see it in Texas; our cemeteries really aren't right. old enough. But I see it in Europe and places like that. Mm-hmm. I saw some really wonderful up ones up on the Orkney Islands where the skull and crossbone and just. They'll say memento mori, which is really remember your death, remember to die, yes. essentially. Remember you also will die. However, I'm you want to translate it from the Latin. So very like just reminding you of death, which you think of people back then like they had to be reminded of it. Like, come on, people were dying all the time. But but so then there's a progression. So the skull and crossbones and then you get the death's heads just a head with wings it's kind of softening you can see find a lot of these in america uh in the eastern coast again and then it by the time the victorians came along it had 
morphed into cherubs, that whole thing. It just kind of went from the, the skull and crossbone to the head with wings to now we have the cherubs and everything. You look at a cherub, they're so cute and they they hardly make you think of death. I mean, they look well-fed and <laughs> pretty oh, happy yeah. and a little sleepy. Yeah. Uh, and then you mentioned this little feet, which made me think of something too, that uh, one thing when you go to, you see a lot of cemetery statuary and the saints and angels, they're nearly always barefoot. And it's mm -hmm. just kind of up to remind, to show the humility and the connection to the bare earth, their connection to us on earth. It's like a, so yeah, that's just, and, and I don't know why, but they nearly always have insanely long toes. And I always yeah. try to, I mean, some of them, just their toes. I'm like, what were they thinking? Did they, I mean, I'm sure you have a foot as a reference and not every, but you've noticed that too. It's just kind of a, it's a yeah. joke now with me. I was looking like, I did find one recently where like, oh, that's a normal proportioned foot. I mean, I'm like, is there some symbolism that I've yet to discover about the insanely long toes or what? But I don't know. I, I one thing that the only thing I can think about it is the Renaissance period and the pre-Raphaelite artists of the Victorian era, they they valued long, slender oh, yeah. uh, digits on the fingers and on mm -hmm. the feet. Um, if you look at David, the you know, the statue, his toes are hu hugely long. Ah. Like He's really, and since he's, you, you mean know, like the one in like Florence, at your eye. like, yeah, yeah, the one, yeah, he's mm -hmm. just about, he's got his sling, he, he, mm -hmm. he's, he's gonna go and take care of that Goliath business. Mm -hmm. it, but and his he has a very really large long. hand, and that's actually intentional. The one, yes, I, I always thought, what is the deal? But I was like, no, it's just to show kind of his super strength of his arm, I guess. I, right. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, because I mean, you know, Michelangelo knew what he was doing, so I was like, why would he have? Something yeah. that yeah. I'm like, should I say this? His hand looks kind of big to me. Oh, well, maybe yeah, I'm not the art person. But then, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that was intentional. So it was, yeah. Yeah, it, it's to it's to affect your, your ideas. So the whole long toes and, and fingers, yeah, I noticed that even as a kid, and I was kind of like, hmm. yeah, what is that? And now I have a husband with insanely long toes and oh. and. <laughs> Fox, my my our child has extremely long toes, so I have you know, long I toes call them too. monkey toes. Yeah, I I get toe cleavage in shoes sometimes because my toes are so long. You know, the open ones. I get yeah. like, and so you can drop crumbs and get them between your toes if you're not careful. I'm like, you know, mm. the hazards of long toes. <laughs> so it's, it's saving odd. snacks for later. If you were a cat, that's what it would be. But that's true. <laughs> Makes you a little more appealing to the animals of the house. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, I've never seen an angel with, with shoes yeah, off the top there, of my head. There is one in Texas that's pretty cool. It is uh, simply called the Jesus in Cowboy Boots. And he is, <laughs> and it's really pretty cool. There was a guy over in Paris, Texas, which has a marvelous cemetery. They're Evergreen Cemetery, very big. And there is a guy named Willet Babcock, and he was the man who I when I researched him. Some people you you look into their life and you're like, dang, I want to know this guy. Like, there's so many people I wish I could have met because he apparently was very jovial and had a big booming voice, and very quick to a joke, 
and he loved uh, he loved Shakespeare and the opera, and he he had a furniture store, and he created the first opera house in town there because he wanted to bring oh, nice. live performances to town. And then once he his businesses did really well, and once he uh, had a big chunk of change, he commissioned a monument for his grave, and it's quite nice. It features upside down torches, which. Some people, this is one of the things that made me just like go, I'm going to write a book because I was seeing so much misinformation. People were saying, oh, this meant there was this guy in Paris, Texas, and he was obviously an atheist because there's upside down torches on his. I'm like, oh, good grief. Even I know that's, you know, has to do with like the light of the soul. It's not, and the Victorians were really into playing with the idea of things being upside down to rep, um, to repre represent death. Uh, that was like the, mm -hmm. the upside down, kind of like Stranger Things, it sounds like when I say the upside down. But but so that was anyway. So but he also commissioned to have this uh, kind of a um, an angel, a rugged looking angel. He's I don't can't really tell if he's male or female, just sort of, you know, it's whatever, some angelic being. And he's uh, got the, the long hair and he's got cowboy boots on his feet you know his robes from under his robe there are cowboy boots and it is just the coolest i thing. love it's, that everyone's oh people are like well the sculptor didn't know how to do feet i'm like oh come on now. oh please sculptors do feet all the time i see them all the time you know at the toe issue whatever aside but yeah i love it i he must i would have loved to hear him say why he had him wear you know cowboy boots but no one has got That's that written amazing. down at least but i just thought that was really neat thing <laughs> So. That's amazing. I I would never have thought. I mean, but if it's going to exist somewhere, Texas is where it's going to exist. That's right. Oh, that yes. I should tell you. So that's one I was of my waiting books. for a cowboy hat too. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, okay. Here is my first book. I don't know if I can show you. So unexpected Texas. That everyone thinks I photoshopped that on there. That's actually Paris, Texas. They have kind of a. It looks like an oil derrick pseudo, but it's meant to look like the Eiffel Tower. And they right. added a red hat, this great big red hat to it. That's kind of cool. And uh, and then I awesome. made a I made this book is called uh, the title came first because I thought it was funny. Is six feet under Texas Hardy Car. So um, I I have a thing about Willet Babcock in here. It's a travel guide to just cool cemeteries. I mean, one of our cemeteries. You know, you mentioned how Texan it is. Talk about it. There's another cemetery we have that has um, two different oil wells in the same cemetery and in the 30s oh, there you can find oh. um, articles about how they call themselves the richest cemetery on earth in the world and they actually use the profits from these um, oil wells to like have a very nice rockery wall and a nice caretaker's cottage and things like that so it's kind of funny but i thought oh, how texan is th that and it's actually very pretty to visit even to this day nice that's one. so cool <laughs> yeah, fun stuff. See, I get, I get so, I, I just get so into stuff like that. That's, that's very regionally eccentric or specific. Me too. You know, it. I like the feeling. I, I mean, um, it, here in Athens, you can eat locally, and the word locavore yeah. just fits here. So we mm -hmm. eat local stuff. But, but when you have a local economy. And a local culture, all of that stuff mixed together is just really cool. That's I really like that I regionalism. Like. Mm -hmm. That's the kind and of travel. And it sounds like you've like got it. it going. Yeah, that's you've got it going in Texas. So I really enjoy that. Um, I see your cat 
behind you. Yeah, she's, she's running around now. She's getting a little, she's in one of her tearing around modes. So we got to hopefully she doesn't knock anything over. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. So how did you get started on the idea of, of going to out of the way cemeteries and figuring out what the iconography of a cemetery means and, and what are the differences from, you know, region to region, country to country? Yeah, so it's hard to know. I mean, I I loved cemeteries since I was a kid. Uh, I lived in Blacksburg, Virginia, till I was ten, and there was a little graveyard we would go to because when I grew up, you could you know your parents would be like, oh yeah, yeah, see you when you get home <laughs> after school. We would walk over. Oh yeah, you know yeah, I was free range kid. Days. I loved it. Yeah, uh, except um, I was you know nine years old, and my friend and I we didn't know they'd canceled the Girl Scout meeting, and we went over to the church like we usually would and uh, you know we we'd usually play around in the graveyard for a while and then go into when it was time we thought roughly for the girl scout meeting and no one was there and this creepy janitor tried to kidnap us and we escaped yeah he locked us in a room and we realized he was nefarious oh, no. yeah and so we, oh. we we climbed out a window and and we were just like wow i think we were just he tried to kidnap us we we that was weird so we're just slowly walking home and, and he pulls up next to us in the car and tries to get us. And uh, oh, no. so luckily we were like, we just looked at each other. And we just knew the, the graveyard. So we ran over to the graveyard and he followed us in his car. But see, we took off through the headstones and we had, you should never run around, you know, <laughs> the graves. But of course, we didn't know that. We had run through this, played tag through this graveyard, you know, done everything you shouldn't do. But that saved our bacon that day because he came running after us and was tripping and falling. Because <laughs> he didn't stones. know it. No, he could not. He didn't it. know he the layout, and you oh, did. He was a big, tall guy. He could have got us otherwise. I mean, I just shudder. Oh, that's and so horrible. We, and then we then we meant, made our way through a, a shortcut. So that's my big, you know, cemeteries just are kind of been a refuge. That's for me. a safe so then, place. Yeah. So then, um, when I was older, um, in middle school, we were they told us in PE like to go jogging across the wheat field for whatever reason. <laughs> our PE teacher was like, "Ah, hey, kids, go jogging." for a couple hours and come back. I don't know what I look back and I'm like, I guess they were just wanted rid of us for the afternoon because we all of us got, it was muddy. We all just got tromped with mud, but we saw some grass in the distance. And that's, we ran all the way over there, a couple of my friends. And that's when it was like, you know, wow, this place is marvelous. It was the local like cemetery, but it was nice with old trees. And so we kind of dog-eared that. We we're like, oh man. And so we would go back there. And as I got older, it ended up being a place you could go, but it, you weren't going to, it was like a private club for us, like this little park area. Mm -hmm. So some of us could go there, have picnics and this or that. And I, and that whole time I, um, you know, I picked up a few things. I didn't know too much about what things meant. Um, in my teens, I, I became a rainbow girl because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to like sneak and figure out what all the Masons were all about. I have a lot of Masons in my family tree. And mm -hmm. so I joined the Rainbow Girls and I would make excuses to, you know, I've got to go to the bathroom. And then I'd run around and try doors. And I was like, I'm going to, you know, I just, I don't know. I just figured there was going to be something really mysterious, you know, nothing really awesome. to be found. <laughs> that was my big expose. But uh, yeah. And then, you know, when I started doing more historic research for the books I was writing, so I was writing, you know, travel books and just trying to find out, like I said, I have that book um that's a travel guide to haunted places in texas 
but I wanted to know the actual history behind it. So if there's a, a bridge and they say it's, you know, haunted by Joe Blow, I will look and I'll do some research. I'm like, actually, it was Jim Blow. And he, you know, uploaded ever and he lived this time. And, and no, he was, died away from the bridge. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know sometimes people get mad at me when I tell them what really happened. But <laughs> I don't, you know, sometimes people get slandered by these urban legends. And that really bothers me. Mm -hmm. Like there's this one guy, super famous grave in Texas. And it's been on all sorts of, pretty high profile media sites and everyone just repeats the thing it's called smiley's grave and everyone was like oh are yeah. you right about smiley you know what and they say he he was terrible and he slaughtered his family because you go there and and yeah the headstone shows that five people died the same day but if you go to a newspaper archive and you look up that day there was a deadly nighttime tornado that ripped through and yada yada and you know so smiley didn't do it <laughs> so you know things like that but um but another thing is when I'm looking things up, even those old records, they can have like five different ways to spell someone's last name. And so I would yeah, go to find a grave or if it's close by, I'm like, I'm just going with what's on the headstone. But I started um, trying to, you know, really noticing like there is so much, so many symbols on these that I, I don't know what they mean. I mean, what does it mean when his hands pointing up or warning down or uh, et cetera, et cetera. And um I just started collecting it all just so I could know. I just had a little file. And then I thought, oh, you know, I, I've i got a bird book. I've got a plant book. I'm sure there's a cemetery simple book out there that can fit in my purse. Uh, and while I really couldn't find what I wanted, I found some things kind of like what I wanted. <laughs> but most books that I have, I'm going to have, I have quite a collection of books about symbols and all that because communication and symbols just really fascinate me in general. Um, I think like crop circles, things like that, anything that mm -hmm. where someone's trying to communicate different ways, animal communication, uh, body language, that kind of stuff. I'm just really into communication. And so I have all these books, but most of my books on symbols are like just huge, you know, and if you, if you drop yeah, them, yeah, you that... can break, you could break a toe. I mean, and, and they cover way more than, yeah. than I just wanted something that was like, here's my, you know, when you're looking up a field guide, you don't want it to tell you every single thing about the planet. <laughs> you know, you're just looking at what, what kind yeah. of plants I'm going to find right here, you know. So I wanted to kind of narrow it down. And so I finally thought, well, I'll just write what I really want. And then I'll um, take it from there. And it's that one's become my most popular book. And and it's a topic that I, I mean, that I continue to learn and research all the time. In fact, I think you were asking me about differences around the world. <laughs> I can get to that, yeah. too, because I've seen some interesting things. But, but that's how very long-winded. A way of saying that, yeah, I just decided to finally write that book because I couldn't quite find what I wanted. And um, and then what was neat is that people started communicating with me, like readers started writing and sending me symbols that maybe I don't have in the book or I could help them with. Uh, there's certain ones I get emailed about all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this one again. Right. But um, but other ones, I'm like, wow, I don't know. It's kind of fun because it's never like, oh, yeah. yeah, I never go. I never go. Oh, yes. Well, I've learned it all. There we go. No. It's very no, interesting topic. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and you, the, don't feel bad about long-winded because I asked three questions in one question. Don't feel bad. Uh, okay. <laughs> I realized, oh, geez, you're not making it easy on this lady. <laughs> oh, what no. are you doing? Uh, but yeah, I, I really I really like the uh, the the very strong. Well, there isn't one, so I'm going to make one sort of ethic you have going there it's like well i want to know what this is 
and I can find the symbols in this gigantic book, but I'm not carrying, you know, the dictionary-sized book around with me, so let's write one. And that's kind of like, I don't know, that's, to me, that's how a lot of really good stuff happens. You, th you think there should be something, a book about whatever it is you're interested in. There should be a book about it, but then it turns out there isn't. And you know, so funny. you're like, well, does anybody else want that book? And then you find out, yes, they do. Well, you they know, do very I, much. You're really making me aware of this because that's actually why I started writing books to begin with. Because I was, before that, I was doing travel writing for like in-flight magazines and, and travel magazines. And, you know, the thing with that is you, I, it was fun, but you, you, and they pay nicely, or at least they used to, I don't know. Uh, but you you have this article that you put a lot into it comes out in the may issue and then june comes along and you know you never hear anything a book kind of goes out and one wonderful thing was i started hearing from readers which was really neat i never mm -hmm. heard i always wondered gee i wonder if anyone really liked my my magazine article or not but then the other thing was i kept pitching uh editors ideas they wanted me to at first i was writing about italy because i lived in naples for a year but then i moved to texas and I got a gig writing about Texas. And so I started pitching article, you know, ideas to the editors saying, oh, man, I found uh, this kind of cool building. It's called the Salt Palace. It's these built out of salt and it's the town's visitor center. And, you know, oh, it's, wow. it looks like the Alamo. It's in a place called Grand Sailing. Can I write an article about that? And they're like, no. That's too weird. No one wants to hear about that. I'm like, whoa, but I found out about a courthouse where they have a, a mummified lizard, horny toad, in a little custom-made velvet coffin. And this this lizard actually toured, but while it was alive, it toured America. It probably inspired that frog on the Looney Tunes. I forget his name, Michigan J. Frog. It met the yep. president, met President Coolidge. It inspired a whole horny toad thing. And I'm, I'm going off about it. And they still, it lays in state in the courthouse. Can I write an article about that? And they're like, what are you on, girl? I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, no. That's not what they would say. But that was essentially, they were like, no one but, wants yeah, to hear that was about the this. Attitude. The Yes, and exactly. And I'm like, really? And then we had the biggest manhunt ever for Santa Claus one year when he robbed a bank in the 1920s. And they're like, just write about barbecue. Just write about, you know, the event. <laughs> Come on. I was like, huh. So I ended up with a stack of things. Yes. And I was like, I know. Cowboys. I mean, we do have a lot of that, but I mean, come on, there's a lot more to Texas than just big hair, trucks, all the cliches. I mean, that is a component. But we, when you reduce a region just down to the, the things that are the biggest headlines, you miss so many cool things. So I was like, so I started blogging about some of these things. And people would say, man, I'm a native Texan. Ooh, I sound all Texan when I said that, but I'm a native Texan, <laughs> and uh, I never heard of this lizard. I'm going to go check that out. I never heard of the postage stamp mural that, uh, or the Jesus and cowboy boots. So I was like, okay, Texans are responding to this. So, you know, I'm just going to write a freaking book, and we'll just see what happens. And then I did, and people liked it. So now that's what I, now I can't stop writing books. <laughs> <laughs> but but I but, that's but you good, identified that's a it. That's good thing to not be able to stop doing. <laughs> you know there are worse compulsions. <laughs> yes, yes, true. <laughs> true. Um, I, book nerd here. So if you're if oh. you're writing books, I'll read them. That's good. <laughs> total total. I'm all obsessed. about literacy. Whatever gets mm. people reading. Yes. So what kind of what are the most 
common um, symbols that you find in um, tombstones from, well, the the really early ones are the skull and crossbones, mm-hmm. and then the memento mori, and then mm-hmm. on until we get to cherubs, which yeah. you're right, they are way sweeter. And oh, cuter. yeah. You look at one and you go, ooh, you just want to pinch their cheek. You know, you look at the skull and you're like, whoa, <laughs> it's different. I love skulls. <laughs> mm. Although I, ha- I have to say, I really like the skulls with the wings. I do that too. Really Those are neat. Older, yeah, 17th century, 18th century. Yeah. Um, look, I, I really like those. Even though they the skulls look pretty creepy with their, t- it's the teeth. The teeth oh, are yeah. kind of creepy. But they're always smiling, those skulls. <laughs> yes, yes, they look happy. You know. <laughs> in, in a way. We can, in their way. Oh, but yeah, I always like symbol. those. Um, yeah, what are, what are the common ones after those, that period? Um, well, a, well a, a one that's pretty common and is a, a little lamb. And it's a, yeah. you know, a baby lamb. I guess that's redundant. No, it's an elderly lamb. <laughs> Sorry, I never thought of that before. Okay, it's a, why do people say baby lamb? I should just say lamb. Okay, it is a lamb, and uh, it will have it. But they're always um, laying down. They're sitting down, and they have their little tails yeah. have not been bobbed. It's a little. I mentioned that because the problem, and these are often, most often, on the graves of young children, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seven years and younger. You know, it's pretty much young kids. Although, you know, there are exceptions to the rule. I do find them sometimes on older folks' graves, but they stands for innocence and sacrifice. And uh, the problem with them is that oftentimes, if they're made of a some sort of, you know, artwork in cemeteries is out there 24 7. I mean they are sculpture gardens and they have they're exposed to the elements and sometimes what they're made out of something and they sort of melt so people this is when I get yeah. a lot of of people emailing me and they're like in the subject line is just like camel on grave or dog on grave you know people think it's all sorts of animals and because of that long tail my favorite one ever I got a subject line and it just said rat on grave I'm like whoa neat I open it up I'm like no that's just a melted lamb and the tail gave yeah. it sort of a rat-like appearance. I was like, no, it's yeah. not rat. So that's a, that's a pretty common one. Uh, the one that seems to cause a lot of consternation, and I get four or five emails like this every year, at least, uh, so, and comments. Even someone picked up my book at a book event recently and went, oh, this one means it's a witch, right? And I'm like, ah. Oh, and they're, they're, yeah. they're, but they mean no. witch, like, yeah, they mean, okay, so they're talking about a pentagram and they mean, and when they say it, like, oh, there's all these legends, like, uh, she was killed because, and they say this in Texas, even where this never happened, that we were not right. We were not Salem. We were not person. You know, why say we? But I mean, Texans were not uh, persecuting witches. I mean, maybe who knows? But anyway, but no, that wasn't a thing. But people will see that the pentagram on a headstone, and to top it off, sometimes it even says it, within each ray of the five, you know, of the pentagram, it'll say fatal, which sounds really dire. But um, this is just the uh, the female auxiliary of the Masons. So it's the uh, Order of the Eastern Star. Order so of the, the 
Yeah, yeah the Eastern that's the star. Eastern star, the star that led the Magi to baby Jesus. It's nothing. It's nothing bad. I mean, I just I always say like when I give talks, I'm like, well, if Hollywood has taught us anything, we know right here. I'll make fun of it first, and I'll say, okay, what this really means. But it's a good example of how important context is. If I'm watching a scary movie and I'm munching the popcorn, and oh, they go into the room and there's like a a bloody pentagram on the wall. I'm not like, oh, Order of the Eastern Star was here, <laughs> you know? But, um, yeah, which would be. Which would be funny actually but no i mean i realized that i'm watching a horror movie but when you're in a cemetery someone the person or their loved one has spent money this is you know this is a, a they're not anyway it's it's it, it's nothing nefarious but it does seem to make people nervous and people yeah I, even someone sent me a link to a youtube video where this guy was walking around and they're like tui what is this guy saying at you know one minute 34 in and i go and he's he points he goes up oh, look now we know which is buried right here. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, you know, order the Eastern Star. I just couldn't even comment. I was like, should I even say something on this video? I can't. If someone asks me, I'm happy to explain. But it just bothers me, though, yeah. when people are... So that's one reason, like, I don't... My books are, are very accessible. I don't... I will read some very dry, boring things. And then I will distill it down. So, like I always say, I don't want you to feel when you're reading my book about cemetery symbols or anything else. I don't want you to feel like, oh, there's going to be a test later. You know, I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm not trying to use big words. I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to be chatty, just as if we were walking through and, oh, this means this, this means that, because I want to reach people like that person too, who probably never reads books though at this point. I don't know. I, I but you know what I mean? Websites maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe doesn't even read blogs. Yeah. Anyway, that one yeah. is one that's a little distressing to me, but um, I forget. Now I forgot the question. I was just talking about the common ones that we see a lot, and I would say that's a pretty common. Masonic um, symbols are very common. Right. The compass in the square. Uh, although it's kind of neat, the um, United Brotherhood of Carpentry sometimes confuses people because they've got they've got uh, the, the compass and square, kind of, but it's, it's different. It's like the um, slide, it's the the square it, anyway it's kind of fun it's got in the middle it's got a, a jack plane symbol mm -hmm. for like you know plane a planing tool that carpentries would use and it says has a different thing it says like omnia what is it uh oh it, it labor et omnia on it. it's like work is all or something like that and so people, right it's easy i like how they look kind of similar work but is eternal not. oh there we go yeah what a great yeah. way <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and, and wow, still that's cheerful. Yes, yeah. no kidding. Good. Thanks. <laughs> oh yeah, and getting. I don't back even to... get to retire after I die. Wow. No, nope. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> it's off to the salt mines <laughs> in hell. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yep. I, I, what kind of are there? Are there different meanings to different kinds of flowers carved onto a headstone? That's that's something I've noticed. That you know, there roses are, are common. Mm -hmm. And then there's like five, five petaled flowers yes. that are, you know, yeah. I don't know what they are. Sometimes I there's pansies. Yes. It can be hard to tell. Yeah, a, they do. And that's, that's actually my weakest point in, um, because sometimes there's a lot of poetic license. So what looks like a passion flower on one headstone, I might not recognize it immediately as a passion flower in another 
headstone. Right. But but, um, but I do. I I mean, yeah, I do. There are a lot. And it kind of gets into that whole Victorian floriography, the like, whole language of flowers. Uh, yeah. Roses are a really good example. Uh, roses are... Uh, are, when they're in full bloom, it usually means a woman. It kind of the stage of life. You probably notice on a child's grave, it'll be like a broken bud. The epitaph might even say something like that about how they budded on earth to bloom in heaven or something, and it'll be a little broken one. Uh, the quite often the roses only have like will will have three petals. I'm not three petals, three leaves to kind of mm-hmm. because of the Holy Trinity. I always think, you know, here in Texas, when you think leaves of three, it's like you're looking at poison ivy. But, you know, so they're not they're not botanically correct a lot of times. And they rarely have uh, on the headstones. They rarely have thorns because one of the nicknames right. for the Virgin Mary was the rose without thorns. So, you know, meaning like she's without sin and, and it's kind of shorthand for that. And it can mean, you know, to reflect on the person, too. Uh, yeah, so um, calla lilies often indicate marriage. Uh, let's see. So there are different different flowers mean different things. So that can be helpful, especially the calla lilies. It's like, oh, this person was probably married. Like if you're doing genealogy, that could be helpful. Um, but sometimes it's hard. I've seen some plants, like I said, that it was really hard to tell what flower they were. I'm like, this were an actual flower. Maybe I could identify it better than... The interpretation right. sometimes can be a little bit. I'm like, is that supposed to be a poinsettia? I don't even know what that is. There's somewhere I just don't know. But yeah, they do. Right. That is a thing, the whole flower thing. Um, and then what else? Um, yeah, just <laughs> the whole, yeah, that can be much as a, I guess what my main point is, they don't have to look exactly like they do in real life. There's, you know, like I said, they take the, right. they make symbols happening there. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are, what are the, the symbols with the hands? What are the different, you know, when you have hands on a Mm -hmm. tombstone without a person that bothered me when I was a child, I didn't like that when I was really little. Yeah. There's just some body, Um, just some hands. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, what's that? I'll go sit with my cherub again. Yeah. That is a little creepy. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Cherub, see their cherubs are good. Well, I, hands are kind of neat because, uh. And I have, if people want, I do on my website, I have a little thing to entice you to join my weekly newsletter in which I expand, I share links and things about cemeteries. It's only really if you're interested in historic cemeteries and what I'm up to. But uh, I give you a little, I made a little booklet that's like a, the handy hand handout, essentially, because <laughs> that's awesome. it's how I got my husband interested in cemeteries and some is by pointing out the differences in the hands. He used to just sort of walk through looking a little bored, maybe scrolling his phone and leaning in the shade under a tree with me. But then I started pointing out different hands. And what I like about hands is they're pretty easy to identify. Like I was saying, flowers sometimes can be hard to identify and, you know, lambs can melt down. You can't tell what they are. Hands are generally, hey, that is a hand. So that, you know, a hand pointing up is like, going up you know one coming up to jesus i like to do this right. in my talk so i do that one and then i'll show one hand going down and the audience will be like oh, they'll be like what do you think that means <laughs> but it means uh, it doesn't mean no they went the other way it, it's more like it can often mean sudden death it's a bit like the fickle finger of fate it's it's god okay, reaching down, yeah fate reaching down and plucking you and so sometimes it'll be um I've seen them where a woman died in childbirth. And so the hand is holding um, a fully 
a fully bloomed rose and, and, and as it pulls it up. Um, so things like that. So it's, that's uh, another one that was pretty common, clasped hands. And mm-hmm. sometimes they have gendered sleeves so that you can tell that one looks more masculine, you know, traditionally masculine and one looks more traditionally feminine. And that is a, I just call it a marital handshake. It just means they were married. And a lot of times husband and wife are buried there. Uh, but other times it can just be, um, sometimes they're tilted. So it's like definitely someone, you know, it just means being welcome to heaven. So it's not always right. uh, marital. So you kind of have to figure that out. That's a fun little thing to try and figure out. Uh, hands are interesting. Oh, a hand kind of up here. Um, when a statue is, stands for like martyrdom, I'm, I'm, oh, people can't tell. I'm, I'm touching right up by my neck. It's, it's like martyrdom. Right. I always just think of like, you know, cutting someone's neck. Yeah. Down here is like charity, you know, down by the heart. Because, uh, and so, you know, they're not going to have in Victorians, they're not going to, um, in artwork, you know, it'll have the bare breast or they'll have, you know, she's nursing and that's charity. But you know, Victorian are just going to have it down by the heart or, you know, the hand with the heart. Is usually mm-hmm. associated with the Odd Fellows, but it, it stands for charity uh, in general. Uh, so hands can tell you a lot of things, and they're kind of a fun way to get going. And then it, I even find the more I learned, sometimes I go back to a cemetery that I thought was a little dull and didn't have much going on, and I go back and I'm like, oh, I missed this or that before. Now they're it, right. Kind of, the more you learn, the more you you learn, which is fun. So they, I find yeah. it actually gets more and more. Uh, fascinating and my husband's now totally sucked into it too and he'll be like hey do we have, have we seen this kind of hand before oh one of my favorite hands are these mm-hmm. the um cohen hands right uh, yeah that's very fun so and you know that influenced uh leonard nimoy he, right he was, yeah so that's always a fun one <laughs> yeah when he peaked he wasn't supposed to he wasn't yes, supposed to look yes yes <laughs> when the cohen name was was making yes. a blessing but he looked yeah, anyway I, I love that, that he went ahead and then used that later on for Spock, so. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's one of my favorite Star Trek stories. Um, I like to, yeah, one. when I give talks, I just like to say, are there any Star Trek fans? You know, just wake people up and they'll be like, what, are you, what does this have to do with? <laughs> and then I'll put that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I really like that, uh, that, that idea. Yeah, I, I remember when Zach's grandmother was buried they're Jewish, so oh, it was a wow. Jewish cemetery, and I saw the the koa hands, and I went, "Oh, oh wow, I know what that is, yeah." I, I know, I know. Oh, how neat! <laughs> um, and, and Zach was like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> live long and prosper." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what kind of you know? What's your favorite part of? of cemeteries i mean my favorite part in in large part is the art Mm -hmm. but there's also you have architecture if you have a mausoleum uh there's also the trees if it's an Mm -hmm. old one so you have all of these they're even the trees are even symbolic sometimes oh they are and that is really interesting you get yew trees a lot evergreens a lot uh you get those um, Mediterranean cypress trees. And mm-hmm. I tell people when they're driving around looking for historic cemeteries, because cemeteries notoriously have very poor addresses a lot of times. It'll just be Cemetery Road or something or just over that way. I mean, you try and find yeah. it and they are not always very well marked. And so there have been times, I remember my husband and I were, I wanted to see the grave of uh, Douglas the Confederate Camel. 
There's a camel who has a full-on Confederate monument. I don't know if you've ever seen him. It's just so sweet. Good old Douglas. Um, so I wanted to see his grave, but we were getting hungry, maybe a little hangry. And uh, we were driving <laughs> around and he's like, to you just tell me, are we lost? And I'm like, no, no. Well, we were. But I went, oh, I saw a cypress. And I went, it's, it's over there. Just go over there. And sure enough, we headed toward the cypress. And, uh, that and there it was, was. And in fact, I was in Greece last year. And I got to see, uh, and I'm always joking that all roads lead to Greece. Because a lot of times when I'm looking back to things and I'm like, oh, here we are in Greece again. <laughs> you know. And so uh, yeah. this Greek guy was telling us that, uh, and I wanted to see an actual Greek cemetery. And he told us that they um, they just say to each other, like, it's a saying, cypress are very associated with, um, with there were cypress growing in the cemetery we saw. And he said, uh, what, what was it? We were talking to a village woman along the way. And he told her in Greek, of course, I don't speak Greek, but he was saying, oh, yes, I'm taking these, uh, my friends up here to, to see the cemetery. And she goes, oh, no, he, she asked how his hus her husband was doing. And she said, oh, I've sent him to the Cypress. And uh, he goes, he was translating. She goes, oh, she sent him to the Cypress. That means he's at the cemetery. And I'm like, you really say that? And he goes, oh, yeah. We, If my brothers and I were fighting with each other as a kid, we'd be like, knock it off or I'm going to send you to the Cypress. And I was like, oh, that is oh, kind wow. of a cool thing. I'm like, yeah, it's a kind of a catchy uh, thing. So where was it? little going? phrase there. Oh, you're I asking like my favorite my favorite thing. You know what I love? I love how I always, you know, I like to say that cemeteries are for the living. And I mean, you know, I mean us, obviously, uh, the people who visit them. But I also, there, I love it when a cemetery has really got the wildlife going on. We were in one uh, earlier this year and there was a big, uh, like, picture from the cemetery foundation. And it said, this was in Cornwall. And it said on this on the board, it said, okay, some they had some very orderly paths and people were walking their dogs and walking along. But there were a lot of spots where the grass was taller than I am. And they said, we time our mowing throughout this cemetery. And some spots we just frankly keep completely wild. And here's why. We support 50 species of solitary bee, 11 species of endangered butterfly. And it went on and on of all the different things. Oh, and we wait wow. until certain things have bloomed before. And I'm like, this is what it's all about. This is like, yeah, this is life and death. And you are using your cemetery to nurture so much. That's what I really yeah. love. That's what I really love. It's when I, I just, yeah, I just love being out there in nature like that. And I love the artwork. Yeah. It really comes to life. Like the sculpture, seeing a sculpture outside. I love sculpture, apparently. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize how much I love sculpture, but I really do. And it, it's one thing to see it in a museum. But when you see it outside, wow, it's just it's so much more it, beautiful. It's, it, yeah, it comes to life. Mm -hmm. um, one, of my, one of my favorite memories of the, the one in Charleston that we went to at least every three months or so. So, you know, seasonally four times a year was it was the only place in town where there were bobwhite quail. Oh, wow. See? So we'd hear them. And when <laughs> one lucky, one lucky spring day, I got to see a mother quail leading her little, oh, little babies. And they are so cute. And I was just, Oh, I was so happy. I had wandered off that time. And, uh, you know, by that time I was old enough to wander off and, know my way back uh and so i got 
I got blessed with the uh, Bob Whites. And so, oh, you know, my great. mom kind of scolded me because she couldn't see where I was. But yeah. then I said, but I got to see the Bob White. And she's like, well, okay. <laughs> but don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know, you mentioned Charleston. Where, where was Charleston? Which Charleston was that? West Virginia. Well, okay, Charleston, West Virginia. Okay, because I have memory of Charleston, West Virginia. They used to have a sign that said, Welcome to the chemical capital of the world. Do you remember? Yep. Yeah, and yep. so when I lived was a kid and we would be driving from Blacksburg, Virginia up to Ohio to visit my grandma, we'd have to go on the West Virginia Turnpike, which is just switchback. Oh, switchback. yeah. And I was the youngest. Horrible I had to road. Sit, I had to sit in the middle of our car, so I could not see out. Yeah, horrible road. And I would barf so many times. My poor dad. Yeah, it, just, it's I not. I would be puking, a, puking, puking. And then, then we would get to Charleston and I'd see that it would smell like the smell of Charleston and the chemical capital of the world. I'd usually barf again. You know, that was, but mm-hmm. that was, at least that was the end of it. Like that, once we got to Charleston, I kind of knew, okay, I think, okay, maybe I can kind of try and recover by the, until we get to grandma's. But that's my big <laughs> memory whenever I hear yeah. Charleston, West Virginia. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh they, they had, didn't they have glass factory there too? Or am I thinking? Uh, Blanco. That was in Barbersville, Milton. Oh, okay. In oh, that okay. area. So it was between mm-hmm. Charleston and Huntington. Oh, okay. Because I think so my mom had that's bought where some the... cool glass from there once anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Blanco was a great, great glass blowing place. And, and okay. we went there, I don't know how many times when I was a kid, but I was fascinated to watch the glass blowers. Yeah. It, that was great. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of glass factories in, in West Virginia and clay is another thing. So both Ohio and West Virginia have glass and clay. Oh, okay. Uh, stuff, you know, bricks or yeah, bricks, dinnerware. Yeah, bricks. Or whatever. I love bricks for some reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a there's a man here in town who collects bricks. So he has all of the local bricks that used to be made here. And then a, a little brick uh, ah! sort of my cat, sorry. bit of a trivia is the uh, w- the local former uh, insane asylum up on the hill, which is a Kirkbride style asylum. So it's that really pretty gothic Kind of creepy looking, yeah. but really, really beautiful. And it was meant to be a therapeutic thing, but mm-hmm. whatever. The The bricks that <laughs> made it were made up on that hill. They dug the clay out to make it. Mm-hmm. However, they dug the clay out of old uh, Hopewell and Adena Indian mounds oh. that were up on that oh, ridge no. that overlook uh-huh. the, mm-hmm. the river valley and the city. So that native clay was Let's used just to build these mounds. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it it we have clay here all over the place. Different different kinds of bricks. We have bricks with stars on them, and it, it, the brick was called uh, the Star Brick Company in Nelsonville. So, yeah. Those are very collectible now. I know oh. people who collect bricks. So, I'm just always looking yeah. down at cobblestones and bricks. It drives my husband nuts because, of course, it happens while we're crossing the street. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I want to take a picture I, of that. And he's like, gah. So, yeah. And, there's traffic. <laughs> yes, but, but I got a clear shot of it now. Like in Puerto Rico, they got these blue bricks, these blue cobblestones that I love. Ooh. They were ballast that Portuguese sailors had in their ships and then they'd come over and they would give them to the locals who were like nice and then they would load their ship up with other stuff and I just those are my favorites. Nice. Yeah, they're really pretty. Yeah. 
That's that's really cool. Was it a glaze that was on it that made it blue? Was it? Gosh, a... I don't know. I'm gonna have to look at a picture. I, I you know I don't know now. I, the blue bricks. I would love to have one of those though. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. I I just got some paint recently that's called blue iron, and it's oh. it's a type of of iron oxide that has a blue pigment to it. So I was wondering oh, wow. if maybe yeah, that wonder. was how it was made blue or. You know, Actually, whatever. But it's yeah, a neat, it's a neat they color. Were, they would be pretty literal. I mean, there was, I'm sure you know about the color mummy that was just made from yes. grinding up mummies. And then the one they got yes. me was ivory black. They burn ivory to make bla- black. black. Like you blow something really white to make black seem weird. My, oh, mango yellow. They would feed mango leaves to camels, I think, to get the yellow and, and the pea or something. The camel. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Getting off of obscure, weird humans <laughs> <laughs> of the world. <laughs> people expect it. Okay. If people listen to the to the, the to this podcast. They know we will we That's will wander true. into strange strange the, areas. The bunny of holes. Talk. The bunny travels. Yes. Yes. So much of that. So, have you ever visited a haunted grave uh, cemetery or graveyard? Yes. And I, you know, it's so funny because as I said, I do, I, I've had a lot of paranormal experiences. I, I did write a travel guide to haunted places. I don't know why, but I, I was very resistant to the idea of uh, tr- talking about haunted sanitaries or even saying that they might be haunted. And I think it's simply because I didn't uh, want people to that's the only thing they think of them. Like I go to cemeteries year round. Right. Of course, Halloween season comes and everyone's like, oh, we thought of you. Because I'm, I'm always like, why? This time of year, I'm like, oh, that's right. You, you think of them as spooky places. Whereas to me, I just have this. They're peaceful. There's so much more to that. There's so much more going on with them. But um, I did have a, I'll just tell you the story that made me go, okay, I'm just going to have to accept this. Um, my friend is a, a psychic and uh, she you know, psychic medium. And when I go visit her, she can always tell if I've been to the cemetery because I will walk in, like I walked into her office once and she's like, where have you been? And I'm like, uh, well, I just stopped by the cemetery over. And she's I know. Okay. No wonder you have got a little posse of dead kids again. And I'm like, what? She goes, she's like, you're like the Pied Piper. I can tell. And she's like, okay, let me just clear. She's got a little blondie over here. Let me just clear everybody out. And then you can come into my, my, um, thing and I was like oh okay and so I would even oh, try and sweet. like I would test her and I would just show up and be like she's like oh come on you have been to a cemetery it's like you know you can smell it on me she would just know so we went to Mineral Wells Texas and we had we went to a oh man we went to this really great uh paranormal investigation in a old hotel it was this hotel that these were the healing waters uh that were very well known people like there's pictures on the wall of like like uh, Ronald Reagan and the Three Stooges and Helen Keller and and uh, just Will Rogers just uh, just goes on and on, and so we had had a wonderful night there. But we decided to go to the cemetery the next morning. So it's like nine in the morning, nine thirty in the morning, and she is going looking at some graves and and she says, "Tui, come here. I found the perfect headstone for you. Just go see that one by the tree. Go over there and read the epitaph." And I'm like, "What does it say?" She's like, "No, no, sh- sh- just go over there." I go over, it says like Richard Dykenhofer or something. I, I, I can't remember his name exactly. And then below it said the orphan's true friend. And I'm like, well, that's cute. So I kind of hunkered down and I'm, I'm getting to take a picture. I'm trying to line it up just so. And as I do so, I hear children giggling like loudly, like, you know, tee hee hee hee. And I'm thinking, oh, there's some kids. But in my mind's eye, I could, I could kind of see them as well. It was just, it was weird. But I, um, 
I kind of discounted that. I stood up to look where they were, which was, you know, where they should have been, really, which was right by this tree. Nothing's there. And at that moment, all the hairs stand up. And I realized, wow. Yeah. So I was like, okay, okay, I'm not going to quit. And yeah, so, and I have had feelings in, you know, cemeteries. And I, I, I just would tell people that, well, I mean, I think one reason cemeteries are haunted or is because they are a place where we actually shut up and we're quiet. I think, you know, because you get libraries, bookstores, and cemeteries quite frequently. And I think it's just those three places are places where we get off our phone, at least for a minute. We, we, we know to be quiet. We actually quiet down to whatever degree we're capable of. So I think we're more receptive in those areas. So are they more or less haunted than anywhere else? Well, whatever, but they, they are haunted. I mean, you know, and I, I finally yeah. had to just be, after that, I was like, okay, I guess I have to admit that cemeteries are, can be haunted. I, yeah, I just love them so much. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to scare people away from them. Although being haunted, I, don't I guess think they're, they're scared. I've never been scared. Well, actually, it's not true. The last time that I was in a, in a cemetery, I was somewhat taken aback, but it wasn't because of a spirit or anything. It's because we were walking in the dark and it was uh -huh. foggy and we have lots of deer in our oh, neighborhood nice and i could hear the crunching of the the grass you know while they were chewing were it. They eating? it can be and loud so I, yeah and i knew so i knew that there were deer nearby i did not know that we were like within 5 feet of them until the stag stood up wow. from grazing and and his antlers you know Ooh. popped out of the mist i was like oh we don't want to be this close no <laughs> that is not good come on back up back up yeah exactly and, wow yeah and so yeah that that's that's but that's more a case of i really don't want my brains kicked out thank you i had a buck snort and, at me once and that's when i remember there's oh, a place yeah. called buck snort tennessee and i'd always thought that was a silly name but i was walking to work early in the morning and i i turned the corner just as this buck we both just were like i kind of jumped back and he went and he snorted and then i laughed because i was like oh, buck, <laughs> bucks really do snort and then i was like oh my god and then that that was the last thing she thought before she was trampled to death but luckily <laughs> yeah, no, nothing, exactly. nothing happened <laughs> nothing happened after that yeah, Morgana has almost that exact same story. She was walking oh. <laughs> to work, and it was early morning. She had a prep shift, so but she was reading as she walked. Oh, you would think, yeah. <laughs> you know, but she Stop turned a corner from a an alleyway onto the sidewalk, and there was a doe right there walking oh. to get to the alleyway, and they mm -hmm. all but bumped into each other, and they both jumped back and then looked oh, at wow. each other. And then Morgana said, well, hello, um, I have my book and just go on. There you go. And the deer here yeah. just sort of very calm. So oh, she went nice. her way. Oh, that's deer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't mess with them, though, in the fall because they have their, no, no, no. their mating rituals. There's hormones and, happening. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they can get mm -hmm. fussy and fractious. So oh, yeah. I don't mess with that. Um, what kinds of, uh, what are your favorite cemeteries? Oh, do you have any cemeteries? or are there too I, many? No, I do have a lot. I like for different reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like, 
you know, there's this one, everyone, of course, always goes off about, oh, the ones in uh, New Orleans, you got to go to the New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, I love the cemeteries in New Orleans. Don't get me wrong, totally enjoyed them. Metairie and all those, I'm probably mangling it. But yeah, I loved visiting those. But one that I really enjoyed that I felt like was kind of a hidden gem is in Biloxi, old Old City Biloxi, Mississippi. And it is so lush and so green. It's got all this hanging Spanish moss. And one thing that I think is so intriguing about it is there's a local uh, regional custom that you don't see elsewhere. And they even talk about it on their, their cemetery like brochure that they have there right in it. But as you walk around, you see these cast iron uh, uh, poles around a bunch of different, you know, the cement, like I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this. Okay, so you'll have a grave and you'll have what looks like the poles as if you had a tent, but there's mm -hmm. no canvas over it. So you see a structure, like this square structure over a lot of the graves. And the reason for it is, is back in the day, uh, in the 1800s, they would drape Spanish moss over the graves. Oh. It, and I, they oh, had wow. some pictures of what it looked like. And it, I mean, they don't do it now. Now they, these are just bare, but I would love to see them all draped again because I love Spanish moss for some reason. And it's just, it's just something so, I don't know what it is about it, captivating. It's, but what they do like a, a, in modern times is they, they have like a little carport over different graves. It's sort of like the mo they did the modern adaptation because I thought I've never seen modern like things like that. And it, it, yeah, so it's a real unique thing. That's Plus, really lots beautiful. Of statuary. I love it. It's really, really pretty. In fact, I, yeah, I used a picture for that. I made a Facebook group recently for people who like, if anybody likes cemeteries in general and wants to share their own pictures or whatever I made it, it's called the Kindred Crypt because I, I felt like, well, I, it's kind of like the corner pub I wish I had where I could just go and talk about cemeteries because I do share a lot on Facebook, but I can't, you know, I mean, there's only so much I can share on my personal profile without driving people. Right. Nuts. And so I'm like, okay, I started the Kindred Crypt now. We can just go share stuff there if you're into that. <laughs> but I, the, the picture yep. I use for it is from that old city. And then the other, another favorite I have, well, I've gone on favorites. There's one in Puerto Rico, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Home of the blue cobblestones. <laughs> I need to go back. I haven't been since the hurricane recently. Uh, but yeah. it has, I um, I gave a talk once at a monument builder conference and I showed them pictures from there because they were going off about high quality stone, et cetera, et cetera. Some of the nicest marble I've ever seen. And they were in awe of it because they, they have these glorious statues, uh, really pretty angels that look like they they're made of stone, but they look like they could just walk or, or lift off or they, their wings just look like they could flap at any second. Oh, and wow. while you're down there walking, uh, they're being buffeted by the trade winds. So it's a very unfavorable condition for artwork to be sitting out there. And yet they look beautiful. And then while you're down there, you hear children laughing quite often because um, not like I did, <laughs> not disembodied children. These, these were embodied <laughs> voices, but they, they fly, they fly kites above it. So you can hear kids and you can see oh, kids running around. Like beautiful. there's a, yeah. So you're down there walking amongst the city of the dead, essentially. And uh, then there's all these kids running around, you know, flying their kites. And then the one thing that did freak me out a little were there at first, because I, I was seeing it out of the corner of my eyes, there were some crabs because they're by the beach skittering about. Right. And I'm like, Am I seeing huge spiders? I mean, what am I seeing out of the corner of my eye? When I finally realized, oh, it's a crab. Okay, I was not so worried. Yeah. But it's, but yeah. it's, it's yeah. beautiful. That's one of my favorite cemeteries because it's just, I don't know, a lot of things come together there and very beautifully.
that does sound really nice really really nice um have you have you ever um when you mentioned that the the angels looked like they were about to come to life that they were very lifelike and mm -hmm. and very um some have you ever been to the one in i think it's in washington dc with the very famous veiled lady no i've seen pictures of that i, I think i know which one you're talking about but i haven't yeah mm -hmm. she's beautiful that that's one of the the my favorite ones yeah. other than the one that's over my home city but it, it she just really looks gorgeous the 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 sculptor just did such a beautiful job and you know Zach was with me and he was like I feel like she should be in a museum I he's like mm -hmm. she shouldn't be out here in in all of this you know because it's know, a busy city I so love there's about it I have I mixed feelings because sometimes you see these statues and they put like plexiglass around them. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, you're kind of protecting them. But, you know, part of what makes to me it is a little patina. Okay, maybe either have it really high quality or the fact that a little lichen's going to grow on it over time. I like that. Like even with stone I buildings, I like things that can weather and show the patina and show the wear and have some texture. And to me, that's better than, oh, no, we're going to have it. And it's never going to, it's always going to look the same. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think I like it better when it it, it engages yeah. with nature and the elements. And sure, some yeah. of it, I mean, a lot of those beautiful angels, a lot of them have their hand, their fingers are broken off, but whatever. Yeah. I'm still glad but that's what there. happens. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and and some of the lambs maybe they look like camels now but yeah but you know, you know some it's of them just don't. how they are <laughs> that's right um yeah i really i really like weathered angels there's a an old cemetery well we have lots of cemeteries in athens we're supposedly famous for it oh wow um, i hope to come see them sometime yeah there's there's five of them within the city limits that supposedly make a pentagram if you you know put them on like a map and you write you know and you draw it but well, i mean five points makes a pentagram anything. wherever they are i know yeah. I, <laughs> I three points are always gonna make a triangle right you know it's like I yeah uh-huh <laughs> yeah so yeah i know right i know i'm, I'm, I'm like, the i'm the not fun paranormal like podcaster who goes uh, five points are gonna make the pentagram guys it's not a thing it's not i a thing. know i mm -hmm. sometimes people <laughs> get mad at me for the research i do like i i discovered the actual name there was a mysterious grave for a one-legged tightrope walker which come on a one-legged tightrope walker that's pretty cool to begin with but he's been in the same grave. you know you buried him in 1884 and like you could die without id 20 miles from home and maybe no one's going to know who you are back then. I mean, it was pretty hard to identify right. anybody, but I did some research and, and it, it was really fun. And I suddenly was like, Oh my gosh, I figured out his name and I was so excited. And I, I wrote to the, their little, it's a little town, of course. And I wrote to their newspaper and sent them a little thing and they ran a little article about it. And then I got this really angry email from someone saying, how dare I claim to know who he was. We've been looking for him for a long time. And I'm like, I, I thought you'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I so I pieced I made a little PDF file and I showed her everything how I connected all the dots and I sent it back and then of course you know after an all cap email I, I get nothing so I'm like well okay <laughs> gee 
people are funny. You irritated a genealogist or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I understand feeling possessive about history. There are certain little historical things. You, you look into them so much, you feel like you own that day and time or something. But, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I realize I catch myself doing it, too. I'm like, no, I don't own that. Whatever. No, <laughs> we, we don't need to be possessive. No, no. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Exactly. <laughs> uh. I forgot. Was have you ever been to a pet question. cemetery? Okay. Oh, yes, I have. I have. They actually have one in my town as well. Oh, nice. And I just, you know, the names you see there are so funny. And uh, and it, it, it was very touching. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, and that's when I realized, like, horses live a long time. <laughs> it was pretty. There's a lot of creatures. I'm like, do not live very long. I'm like, wow, where are those horses are long lived? You know, speaking of animal graves, one of my favorite is, I have a little article about it on my website if anyone wants to know. There's the grave of Johnny Brown, the human monkey. I think it says something like that. And it is in, it's in the courtyard for a nice Italian restaurant in, down in South Florida in the Palm oh, wow. Beach area. There's this kind of fun little area. And there was a guy, uh, he he really had a big influence on South Florida's uh, architecture. He really want, he was inspired by Venice and by uh, Spain. And so he, uh, Meisner is his name. I forget his first name, W.T. Meisner. Anyway, he was a real eccentric guy. And he had this pet monkey, Johnny, who would ride around on his shoulder. He had parrots he had dogs he just he he had a little gate that he could throw boiling oil on you if he didn't want you to come in so the the where this restaurant is now is where he ended up burying his beloved uh johnny and one thing that's funny is that johnny was so well known he was kind of like a famous jazz era monkey who uh like i was talking about the famous lizard earlier this is a famous monkey who he actually got an invitation to the scopes monkey trials <laughs> They're eating there and they don't realize that your table is smack dab like you're having your Alfredo and there is a nice little marble monument. It's a grave for that monkey. It's just right there. See, I'd, I'd be tempted to leave a little offering there. You yeah. Know, just a little leave... piece of fruit uh, yeah, what for the monkey. Yeah, liked. Yeah. He yeah. probably had a very sophisticated taste. He probably liked cucumber sandwiches yeah. with a crust sauce or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tiramisu. No, no yeah. plain fruit <laughs> for me. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I would like the, a piece of pavlova, please. I yes, think. yes. With the meringue, just so. <laughs> oh, yes. He was very, <laughs> I don't know, but I would have, there's another person I would have liked to have met would be that uh, Meisner guy. So Yeah, he does sound interesting. <laughs> Definitely interesting. And yes, there's a lot of stuff in, in South Florida that has that look to it. The, the Italian, yeah. the, what is it? <sighs> The John Deering Estate. Did you visit that? No, I haven't been there. I did go oh, to... Oh, it's um, so pretty. I went to Coral Castle, though. Oh, that's a pretty place, too. Yeah. Ed, yeah. Lou, Ed, I forget his name now. The little guy who... It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool what he made. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. <laughs> if you get a chance, go to go visit the, the Deering Estate. The Deering it's Estate. Really, really okay. pretty. There are a lot of things I would like to visit uh, there. Like um, they've got a, a monastery that they moved over brick by brick, and down yeah, there. I, every I, time I've, I've driven past that. Oh, okay. 
No, yeah. my favorite thing that's down there is uh, the Miami Dade Courthouse, which is this very large building and it's very oh, tall. I don't think I see that. Has kind of a pyramidic top, oh, like a I step tried pyramid to, kind but, of thing. Yeah, but the traffic yeah. was so bad, we didn't get to see it the day we were there. Oh, I had it on my list. Yeah, yeah in yeah. the winter, mm-hmm. in the winter, all of the black vultures that that oh, migrate yes. from mm-hmm. on the east coast fly down there, and they live on top. Really? Uh, they roost on top of that oh. building and circle it. Wow! I, I find that to be the most amazing and suitable fitting sort of <laughs> no kidding place to have a bunch of birds oh that my gosh is kind of creepy as they do although i think they're yeah. beautiful but i i yeah they're they're they can be a little i guess meaner or whatever that though that the black yeah, ones they actually are. can kill things but yeah the turkey vultures they just soar but but they're back getting back to cemetery symbols um i like how the egyptians used uh, vultures, you know, because people, vultures in our day and age don't have the best connotation. I'm a bird lover, so I just think they're neat. But, um, yeah. And, but in, uh, the people call them, I don't know, garbage people or whatever. Well, garbage sanitation workers are, have an important job anyway. So what's your problem? But whatever. Um, so, right. Getting back to Egyptian symbols, uh, they used, they thought of vultures as a symbol of motherhood. Because uh, yeah. it takes a long time. And the reason for that is like uh, little birds, you know, they could just crank out three fledglings, you know, three nests worth of babies a year or whatever. But but if um, they Egyptians observed that, wow, these vultures spend a long time raising their youngins. They, they, it takes a long time to grow up be a, from baby vulture to big vulture. And you have to spend a long time with your family before you can go on. So they're like, okay, this would be a good symbol of motherhood. Kind of like how crocodiles are also a symbol of motherhood for them. You don't see that on... Because on, they carry them in their mouth. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So then you don't see that on um, on graves, on headstones. But you will, uh, above like an Egyptian revival-style mausoleum above the door, you'll see like a vulture wing. And so for motherhood and then the center you'll see the sun disc for got raw and that's for fatherhood so it's sort of like father and motherhood so i think that's a really cool symbol right there and then you'll maybe you'll have that's some really cobras beautiful. on it for death but but yeah and i like that i i can even see that sometimes in texas so you know which is neat you wouldn't that's that's really neat that is a fun yeah one. because there was that that egyptian that in the 1920s and 30s and a little bit earlier yeah. than that, there was a big fascination in uh, art and uh, architecture. Yeah. And, and, and uh, yes, and you fashion. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of masons like to be buried in pyramids, from what I've noticed. That's interesting. For whatever reason, I don't know. Yeah. Well, know. you know, in the 1970s, you know, pyramids were all the rage. And, oh, that's and true. Pyramid they, power and all that. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to meditate in there. So, and who knows? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I don't. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I didn't subscribe to it, but I did think it was interesting. The whole yeah. idea that you could keep your razor in uh, a pyramid to keep mm-hmm. it sharp—that was one of the fads. I oh, remember. Oh, really? That. Oh, yeah, I remember. That was one of the things that supposedly mm-hmm. could be done. And, and wow, you know, <laughs> yeah. My dad said he didn't care if it worked. We didn't have enough room in our bathroom for that for kind of stuff. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, we're not funny. building a pyramid to put. No, we're not. Yeah, Mm-mm. I draw the line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's too funny. Well, oh, we've been talking for a little bit. Um, 
what else would you like to talk about? And then you should you should tell people where they can find your books. And I will put the titles in the in the show notes because you know I always do. Oh, and tell gosh, me what you're working on too before you oh, before you go. Well, you I got just the, had you a, got a new a, project. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I always have several going. It's and I never know which one's really going to hit the the you know the finish line first. But I did have one with um, a publisher asked me to write a book um, to do a a scavenger hunt. So I did a scavenger hunt called DFW Scavenger, and I'll just show you what's neat. Is like it's spiral bound. So, Mm -hmm. and it takes you around, it's, you know, for Dallas and Fort Worth, but then I also included in the area, we have, in Texas, we have these little courthouse towns. So they've got a a courthouse, like from the 1800s, and then this cute little historic downtown area with weird stuff that people walk right by. So like, I found one where there's there's this, a pyramid, in fact, that people don't know is there. Uh, There are found time capsules and, you know, of course, fallout shelters and just weird architectural All kinds of weird stuff. Tunnels underneath. I won't want to give away where they are, but it's kind of a great book for families because it you go there and each clue it has a a little picture that I took and then a little quatrain. Like I'm not Nostradamus. It's like not like these mean anything, but it's a little rhyming clue. <laughs> but I tried to include incorporate some interesting history in it that I found. And then you write when you figure out what it is, you write it down and it leads you through that little neighborhood. And I was, I was thinking, nice. say, here's what's funny is because I was thinking like, yeah, they're, they're kind of like quatrains. And I'm like, oh, like Nostradamus. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny? Because, you know, wouldn't it be funny if like 200 years from now, it turns out I'm actually predicting all these <laughs> things. They're like, oh, yes, Tui Snyder in her book, DFW Scavenger, she predicted that, you know, <laughs> that isn't that funny? <laughs> I was like, oh, that would be so funny. But uh, yeah, anyway, we don't know. We'll have to flash forward 200 years until we know if I did anything. But yeah, as far as what I'm working on, I have a few things that are simmering on the old back burner. I have one that is a a lighthearted dementia caregiver's memoir because I cope with everything through humor. And my father-in-law lived with us while he had dementia. And uh, and we had a lot of, I started at the time, some of the, it it was kind of like some of our interactions ended up being like Gracie and Alan, like these things where I was his straight man or just different. Some of them were so funny, some of our reactions, but I, my way, people at the time, they all said, oh, this will be your next book. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not writing about this, but I am writing about it because that's all I had to, that's how I cope with life and how I vent my emotions and I write until it can make me laugh. So if I'm really feeling sorry for myself right. or angry or I'm sad, I just write and write and write until, oh man, this is now, now it's funny. Okay, now I can handle it. So I did that with a whole book. And uh, I mean, I have like 800 pages of this. And I was like, but people keep telling me you should share it. Maybe it would cheer someone else up who's going through it or whatever. So I'm like, okay, that's when I, hopefully that will, I will do that. That's there somewhere. Um, that one's like basically written, except it needs to be whittled way down. Um, right. Then I have one in, and this is how I ended up meeting Greg Bishop is I, uh, I was writing, um, researching the, the 1897 UFO flap here in Texas, which I sometimes joke that I used to write fiction, but then I moved to Texas because, uh, when I first heard that 1890 airship story, I have to admit, I mean, I love UFOs and stuff, but I just, I honestly thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. I was like, oh, right. You, I thought the person was just pulling my leg, you know, who told me like, you ought to to write about that little, that little space alien they buried up the road a piece is exactly what he said. What? I just, that sentence just reverberated through my head. I'm like, he's teasing 
haunted me. But no, I, I started looking it up and then it became something I would do, like my procrastination project. I would, every time I got access to a new archive about Texas or whatever, I'd, I'd type in 1897 and airship and see what I could find. And my whole thing is I'm not really out to prove like whether it actually happened in the way that we think of. But something happened because there were hundreds of airship sightings in that time of year here in Texas. And I, I ended up doing a talk at the UFO Congress about it. And that's where I met Greg Bishop. I was just like, oh, hey, where have you been? My whole life just really clicked. And kind of like how I feel about your podcast and everything. I was like, geez, you guys, I just, I put you on, you guys on when I'm, I'm like doing the dishes or procrastinating. In other words, you know, it gets me doing things. That I just feel like I'm hanging out, right. you know, with friends. It's like, oh, how fun. Um, so I would like, my book is all about, I just want to wrap my head around like what people were thinking actually thinking what at the they time. thought was happening yeah right so like i found like um sermons where they're saying since it was 1897 obviously we're getting up to 1900 probably must mean it's the end of the world and they would say like right and also it was most of the sightings are at night so obviously this must be devilish you know because god right. would, would and then i found like political cartoons making fun of it and then i found descriptions of people like imagine you'd never really heard an engine i mean we hear airplanes fly over this maybe there was some engine coming over i, I love descriptions where this one farmer said he thought uh, he it was a swarm of bees were coming, but then he saw something mm -hmm. that was too big. So he and his wife just got into their tornado shelter, things like that. So I just, right. I, that kind of, that's what I think is so interesting. Uh, and other, another one of my favorite ones is actually these people were playing checkers and they heard a big thump and they, they went to each other. Oh, maybe the air, airship just landed nearby and they got up and they looked in uh, around the corner and a, a pigeon had died and fallen with a thump to the ground and i'm like that, to me i love that one because that's awesome because yeah yeah because it's like when something's on your mind you know and you just mm -hmm. jump to the conclusion oh maybe it's the air show. oh it's just a yeah, just a pigeon diet i mean that you yeah know, that, nah. Dead pigeon. <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway it. it was i know so i had a lot of fun with that that's another project other projects i've got a few going oh i i would yeah. like to do a second edition of my cemetery book oh i got another one um sort of like a cemetery memoir it's called around the world and 80 graves and it's just different adventures oh, i've had <laughs> sometimes the title leads me i was like oh because I've, I've gotten to see some pretty neat graves around the world i've seen some like in the south pacific and up in the arctic circle and it's just kind of neat too and i've had some weird experiences along the way so that i think would be a fun one to write and have lots of photos in it. I would love to share lots of photos. So yeah, oh, that's, oh, and then, that's got cemeteries and travel writing. Yes, and paranormal stuff. So it's yeah, there you go. Weird history. You, you oh, can put all, all the goodness in there. I do have one that just focuses on because I thought by this stage in life, I thought as I got older, I would actually have figured some things out. You know, because I've been interested in. I mean, I grew up in a haunted house, and I've been going to the library trying to figure this stuff out since I was twelve, eleven, or twelve. Well, flash forward a million years, and no, I've not figured anything out. But I've had a string, and I since I write them all down, I was like, I should just put a book in a, a, the title for this one would be my, my Girl Scout, my Campfire Girls name for me. She called me Freak Magnet. <laughs> real, real nice lady. But <laughs> she would tell me that you are a freak yeah, magnet. I understand that though. <laughs> yeah, she would. We, we would be, she'd go, okay, we're going to go out in public now. Now, girl, I want you to just act normal. Don't make eye contact. Don't look at anybody. Don't talk to anybody because you're a freak magnet. I'm like, okay. So, so I just, I love that. So I was like, yeah, freak magnet. I would just, all the freaky things that have happened to me. I don't know what they mean, but maybe someone else, like I would have known, like to have read a book where I just knew 
I wasn't the only one who went through these things. So that's another project yeah. down the line. So lots of projects. Who knows what'll make it to the finish line next? <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. I love the oh. idea of around the world in eighty graves. That's just. So yeah, you're that right. one's that's actually coming title. together. Uh, yeah, I kind of I love a, a good title, and that kind of sucks me. <laughs> and then you, I was supposed yeah. to tell people where to find me. I was just going to say, go by my website. It's probably a good place, which I should be revamping soon. It's well overdue for being revamped because um, okay. you can find links. I do sometimes. I have some. Um, if you go there, you can. Uh, if you are interested in cemeteries, you could sign up for my newsletter. Um, I also have a, a YouTube channel with uh, I have like forgotten history. Uh, I, and um, and I have some paranormal stuff on there. I have some cemetery symbol stuff on there. I have a you know a few things, um, and I, I yeah. Anyway, so that, that's a good way. Tuiesnyder.com is my. Um, I figured that that's what it was, but I was going to get that out of you. Yeah, it's you pretty easy. Yeah, if I, I never okay. got around to it. Okay, phew. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well okay we'll go to your website but yeah, just go there go find it it's somewhere there it's a it's a just it's just a look secret. for you, it you'll find a code. it <laughs> yes <laughs> it's, it's an adventure it's an adventure well thank you for coming we'll have to have you come back when morgana's around because she loves graveyards and travel and weird history being a history major so she'd be thrilled to talk with you oh yeah it'd be fun it'd be fun just to go to a cemetery with you guys sometime um yeah. but yes yeah. thank you so much for having me on this was a lot of fun no worries if you're ever in the vicinity we'd be glad to take you around to all of the athens cemeteries oh man i would and, be thrilled you know, yeah it, it's fun we've got some some uh settlers who were here in the early 19th century and then of course in the late 18th century so oh yeah yeah we have some old stuff but it it doesn't it doesn't look like the stuff in the new england it, yeah some of those yeah it, it's not as fancy it'd be fun to see but, what regional unique things you guys have yeah it really does vary yeah. place to place it would be so fun to see and to see what we find Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you.